Remember to like the Brenton on Tour Coffee Cast, my friends, over at Apple Podcasts. Have a listen over at Spotify. Share it, like it, tag me as much as you can. Let's spread it around. Let's get those listens up. Let's get those downloads up. I'm going to give you a brand new Leverpresso from leverpresso.com, portable espresso maker. You can take it to work. You can take it to the rink. You can take it anywhere. It's really cool. It's portable. It's on the go. The contest continues. Keep sharing. Keep liking. All of it. And now, Jeremy Gersey from J. Gersey Coffee is going to tell a story about how he invaded Hollywood and how he became the barista to the stars. Oh, I guess I can't drink coffee late at night. It keeps me up. First pot! You're listening to the Brenton on Tour Coffee Cast. Brought to you by things that make coffee. People who make coffee. People who love coffee. And maybe just coffee. You have no idea who he is, but he's on the search for the best coffee in the world. So pour a cup, grab a seat on the john, and maybe, just maybe, you'll stop drinking shitty coffee. It's the Brenton on Tour Coffee Cast. With your host, that guy you don't know. Here's BD. Howdy, friends. Welcome to the brand new episode of the Brenton on Tour Coffee Cast. I'm hanging out in Costa Mesa, California with my good buddy, Jeremy Gersey. How are you, man? I'm excellent. Jeremy Gersey, barista to the stars. Is that how they refer to you as? Uh, occasionally. We've been chilling out, <laughs> testing his coffee. At uh, what hotel are we at? We are at the Avenue of the Arts, uh, Costa Mesa. They host your coffee, correct? Yes, they do. Yeah. What other hotels do you have? Is it just these guys? No, we do uh, quite a few. We do uh, the Palms in Vegas, uh, Red Rock Casino, SLS, which is now the Sahara. We do SLS in Miami, uh, South Beach, Brickell. Uh, we do, I'm blank. There's so many of them. There's so many of <laughs> Too them. Too many to count. Too many yeah. to count. So I, I'm hanging out on a day off and I was told, you know, I'm on the search for the best coffee in the world as you are aware and I've been touring with your buddy Ray from Corn. Love me some Ray. <laughs> and you've made a Corn coffee brand for them amongst all the other brands that you've uh, created around the world and Ray has been um, propping you up pretty great talking about uh, the journey that you were, you were on and I thought, I'm in LA let's see if we can get together, talk a bit of coffee, talk a bit about your journey and uh, film a bit, which we did earlier for uh, for the YouTube channel that's coming out. We we, uh, we filmed a little bit in the hotel and had a great uh, bit of sampling there. It was really awesome. And uh, now we're just chilling out in a restaurant. We're just kind of hanging. <laughs> drinking uh, coffee. Drinking coffee, more coffee. I think this is probably number 12 now, so I'm ready to run a marathon. I'm jacked. I'm ready. Let's do this. <laughs> uh, so anyways, to our, uh, I think we're from nine listeners, we're up to 45 now. Okay. So let's, uh, let's get to our 45 listeners. And why don't you tell them a little bit about uh, Jake Ersey, man? Like, I mean, how did this thing get rolling for you, man? Uh, I'm going to give you the abbreviated version, sure. but uh, basically start out of my parents' garage with $100. I uh, was working at a coffee place. This was in the early 90s, uh, 93. And uh, back then, there was only about five coffee beans and about 12 Starbucks in Los Angeles. What area of Los Angeles? Uh, this is in LA. There was only that 12 Starbucks in all of LA. <laughs> like I'm, That's how, when I got in, I was at the forefront of the coffee industry. So imagine now there's hundreds of Starbucks and hundreds of coffee beans and stump towns and all that fun stuff. So, <laughs> so you thought more? I thought 
why not build a coffee experience and bring it to film sets? Uh, and it turned out I was the first person to ever do that. So uh, when I came along, it was styrofoam cups and U-Ban. And I had this idea of coffee on film, high-end coffee. Started to study chemistry and roasting and all that fun stuff. And kind of built my bedroom, looked like Breaking Bad. All these contraptions and this. And uh, I had coffee drips. And that's basically how I started, though. Nobody was bringing coffee to movie sets. No, it was styrofoam cups, if you can remember back then. Internet was dial-up. and uh, I remember that part. Cell phones were like little suitcases that were about $4 a minute, and she carried around little briefcases. Uh, like in uh, Michael Douglas in uh, Wall Street. <laughs> yes, exactly. You needed a second compartment in your car just for that phone. That's right. So you come up with this in your brain. You're like, listen, I think I want to start supplying the movie sets. So, hey, like any dreamer in the world or like anything, an idea, any idea, there's no bad ideas as far as I'm concerned sure. in life. And obviously you've proven this with this, uh, with this approach that you took. How do you, and without giving away secrets, because we want you to be exclusive on this, but how do you sit in your bedroom? You, you, you have the contraptions, you're designing out coffee, you're doing all these really cool things. And then you say, I want to bring this to movie sets. And then how do you, how do you bring it to a movie set and then launch it from there? How, how do you break that wall down when they've been drinking <laughs> shite for 50 years up you to know, that point? It was, uh, it was a hard pitch at first, but I, uh, I kind of feel I've always had a sales approach and I would approach, uh, companies and say, listen, you've got nothing to lose by trying me. If just try me <laughs> once, if you don't like me and never have to use me again, and it worked. I got in. Uh, my uh, customer where I worked, I was working at a coffee place when I started. And uh, they didn't do anything fancy, just basic espressos and lattes. And a casting director customer came in every day. And I told him my idea. And he was my first customer. He's the one that actually hired me first and tried me out. And he uh, was casting a movie called Edward with Johnny Depp. And that was my first, my first contract I ever had. So you, the first movie you were your coffee, which was it branded at this point or was this just your own beans that you created? uh, It was branded Mocha Kiss at this point. Uh, When I started, I would do ice blended, uh, started with a cold brews and ice blended mochas and every mocha had peeled Hershey Kisses on top. So it was Mocha Kiss. So Mocha Kiss. Yes. Did Gene Simmons find out and try to come and take it from you? (laughs) No. (laughs) He didn't. No. No. So you got away with that one. There's I got just away. Mocha, but you had to put the mocha in front of it. But then Gene doesn't come along and say, I think you owe me no. 10 cents a bean. He may no. come after me now after hearing this podcast. <laughs> well, but the mocha kiss doesn't exist now. This is true. This is, this is true. So, okay. So the mocha kiss. So you bring it to Ed Wood. What's the first, uh, the first thing that happens, you get on site and then... You bring it to the masses, and this is you're you're making coffee for the crew, or is it just strictly for the for this, the uh, uh, act, my, actors? My first contract was with the production office uh, for the office people. They loved it. I ran. This is my first day in business. I went to the casting director's office. He hired me. He had only eight people in his office. Then he sent me as a gift to the production office. I made about forty drinks there, and they were like. I'm a kid at this point. I'm 19, skinny little scrawny kid. And they go, hey, kid, you know, can you come back tomorrow to the set? We're going to give you a map and uh, we'd like you to serve these on set. So that was my first day of, of work. 
I made in two hours what I made the entire week working at the coffee place. Were you charging per cup or were you I just was charging, charging per cup? You were charging that, per at cup. At that point, yeah. And so did you find that once you started with that, all of a sudden it was like, whoa, I need, I need to add 45 people and I need to be on every movie set. Well, what was the deal it, there? It was pretty bizarre, actually. I ended up getting a pager like within a couple of days of starting the business. And they basically, I would be sitting in class because I'm in college at the time and like a drug dealer, man, my pager would go off and word just spread. I didn't do anything. Somebody on uh, Edward knew someone on Nightmare on Elm Street Part 7, and I would get these calls. Hey, are you the kid that jacks everyone up on caffeine? We need you to come. And then what happened is I met a guy who was a big uh, catering uh, guy, and he said, screw this. I'm not going to have you uh, charge per cup. I'm going to give you a flat fee. And that started the whole Netflix approach of it where it's all you can drink. And I pioneered the all you can drink for a flat fee based on the size of the crew and stuff. And, and now that's pretty much the standard of uh, coffee catering. So then from there, it's taken off. It's crazy. You're on movie sets. It's like, did you have to add people? Was it just you? Did we have to kind of like figure out what your actual plan was going to be moving forward to sustain it? Or was it just one of those things where you're just kind of going with it and the work was flowing in and you just you just kind of kept going with it? You know, it was a very interesting process because it started obviously out of my parents' garage and it started with just me. My second week in business, I hired my best friend. I gave him a pager. I gave him a duplicate of everything I had and he started to go out and he I couldn't handle all the calls. So he would start taking half my calls. And that was my second week in business. Uh, come like a month later, uh, we were just, it was just nonstop. It was, nobody was doing what we were doing. And it became like a phenomenon. And then what really got me like in with productions was, it was, productions would want to hire us on a Friday night. Now I'm, I'm going to give a major trade secret away here. <laughs> Be careful now. Are you sure? We can edit it out with like some kind of like a coffee sound. We'll go. So I would always, I would book up on a Friday night and I didn't have any, like I didn't have enough employees and didn't have enough uh, coffee bars. And then what happened was I started to make deals with the different TV shows, uh, whatever they were, ER, Seinfeld, uh, Gilmore Girls. And I would, I asked for a contract they would all give me purchase orders and pay for me to be there once a week and so what I did is in trade for that I automatically gave them a spot so I assigned somebody to their account and I had I was doing 50 shows a week like 50 film and television shows a week on average it became so big we would have these big silver refrigerators in our commissary and I would have the truck from the dairy like pull up and just unload gallons and gallons of milk um, then we were roasting coffee and it were you became, roasting on site. We were roasting at our commissary. Originally I roasted, I studied roasting under a master roaster when I first launched the company and I didn't know how to roast and I became an apprentice and he took me under his wing and he kind of taught me how to taste, how to source, how to buy coffee. Uh, he was really instrumental in letting me use his credit because I'm 19 years old, right out of high school. I didn't have credit. So I would piggyback his green coffee orders and he would let me put bags on there. So I would get net 30 days and that really, that was a big help. Like he really, I credit him for really giving me my start. It's unbelievable to me that that was never visited before because you know if i know what the demands of some rock stars can be right i mean i've had to replace bathrooms 
in arenas. I've had to replace full kitchens, you know, with brand new kitchens, with brand new gear, you name it. So I got to think, you know, the, the quote unquote movie star demands, these people have had some of the best coffee in the world coming into their movie. And to, to the fact that no one was bringing this service already is unbelievable to me. And I, this is how all the great stories start. <laughs> There's always like, okay, we're going to give it, we're going to, let's give it a go. Yeah. And then you launch. It was, uh, it was pretty much from the start. And, and that was the thing. I wasn't even in my twenties yet. I'm still in my teens when this happened and it was, it just took off. It was, it was crazy. And then what happened is when I developed my own flavor of coffee, I was working on the movie Jerry Maguire, and halfway through the movie, Tom Cruise's assistant comes over and says, hey, you know, Tom's a huge fan of your coffee. He loves what you're doing. He loves your passion behind the coffee. And I was always passionate about it. I could be serving somebody else's coffee. It didn't matter. It was all about execution and passion of what you're doing. And I always enjoy what I do, or I make what I do enjoyable. It's not work when you do that. So it's one of my mantras. And he said, his assistant said, how would you feel about coming on the road with us? Would you, you know, be part of our team? And I said, what does that mean? And he goes, well, we have a personal chef. We have a nutritionist. We have a personal trainer. We have two security guards. We have two assistants. We have a full-time hair person. Now we would like a full-time personal barista slash uh, coffee chef. I said, well, what do I charge for that? And he goes, go talk to the chef, see what he charges. You charge the same. So I meet with his <laughs> chef. He takes me aside. He shows me uh, his contract, says, uh, this is my deal memo. I didn't even know what the hell a deal memo was. I sign a non-disclosure. I sign the deal memo and I'm off to work. And So uh, you showed him the coffee then? I showed him the coffee. <laughs> Instead of showing him the money. <laughs> he showed me the money. I showed him the coffee. He sounds like a real nice guy. <laughs> Super nice guy. That's great. And... Uh, of course, then the word gets out. Yeah, word gets out that you're that you're that you're doing this, and like, it, it was pretty uh, it before was pretty, the internet. Really, it was pretty interesting because from him I met Cameron Diaz on Vanilla Sky. That was one of the next movies I worked on, and she came up to me herself and said, "Hey, I really love what Tom's doing. You know, how would you feel about coming on the road with us?" And I said, and I said, you know, I would, I, I would love to. So what I did is I took on an apprentice myself. Like I was an apprentice, I was an apprentice for the roaster. So I said, I'll uh, like, and I need an apprentice for myself. And between me and him, we took on Cameron and Tom together, and we would alternate like who's working for who and and all that. So and then it goes, and then I'm guessing it just kind of kept going. Uh, from there, I worked for Spielberg. Tom had introduced me to Steven Spielberg, and I worked for him uh, for a couple movies. And then I worked with Tom and Cameron for about 12 years. But the beautiful thing about this is it allowed me to get the money to build my own roastery. Because in the beginning, I was using my mentor, I mean, my, uh, you know, my mentor's roaster. So uh, when I got my own uh, money and started to, I would invest it back in the business. I took a, a roasting facility. I built it out and bought a roaster and then I was able to really grow the business because of them. You're doing it out of LA. I know that you've got the new place, which we'll touch on in a little bit in Vegas, but was this, um, was this always an LA thing or did you have to kind of go outside of town for this or was it, did you start it here? No, it was in LA. We were in the Hollywood, West Hollywood area. Uh, we started out there and basically from there, what I was also going to tell you is we were on the Sony lot and we were, we had 
a cart, so to say, at Men in Black. We had one at Jerry Maguire. Then we did the show Married with Children. Next thing you know, we started to brand ourselves. Executives would pull up in their cars. They'd walk to their offices, and then they would see Mocha Kiss. And then I always told my employees, I don't. you never know who anybody is. So if anyone comes up for a drink, you give it to them, no questions asked. You never know if someone's the president or the janitor. And sure enough, we gave it to the right person, and they were a huge fan of our coffee. And they said, you know, hey, kid, you got to have a store here. And next thing you know, we opened a store at Sony, and that turned into three more stores. And then we, from there, we went into uh, Warner Hollywood, uh, which is now The Lot. And then we went into NBC Universal. Then we went into Paramount. And one time we had 12 stores on film lots, like retail coffee stores that you walk into, like a Starbucks on the lot. On the lot. So yeah. then it's pay as you go. It's not, it's not like Those the Sony's pay. not paying you a pile of money to just make unlimited coffee. It's basically, we're set up, it's five bucks a cup or four bucks a cup or whatever the hell it is, but it's, it's, it's its own story. It's own, it's its own thing within the lot. What we noticed is this was the second wave of coffee. And we noticed that Starbucks and coffee bean, who were the main coffee people in Los Angeles at that time, they were so focused on opening on every single corner that they were forgetting niche markets. So we saw a niche in the movie industry with film studios because they have about 5,000 employees on the campuses. And so we basically created that culture, that coffee culture of, you know, what Starbucks was on the corner on the lot. So there's so many, you know, great stories of the rise of business. Mm -hmm. There's so many great stories that everyone wants to hear about the big, you know, the big corporations and all these different things. But to me, the idea that 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 big corporation would forget about the little guy and you know, the niche market of there's a thousand people on the Sony lot at any given time, either working or making a movie or something and they need to drink coffee or they need to drink, you know, whatever it's going to be. Is this where the, uh, is this where the Mocha Joe, is this where the Kirby enthusiasm thing comes from? Cause I want to hear this story. I just did a podcast, uh, an episode uh, with Todd Kearns, who plays bass with Slash. And we talked in great length about Seinfeld because I had wrote an article on a, a site that I, I blog for up in Toronto uh, called DeanBlundell.com. And it's, they, they wanted me to start writing about coffee and about my coffee journey around the world. And I wrote an article about the top five scenes in Seinfeld history to celebrate the 30th anniversary. So Todd and I spent the whole episode just talking about Seinfeld, but we were also huge Kirby enthusiasm fans. And I'm curious as to how that came about, because that was a great uh, part of the show to me is, is when Larry's on about uh, Java Joe and all that stuff. So, well, this is actually a very interesting story. (laughs) It certainly is an interesting story, but it's going to have to wait until next week. My friends, we pack so much into our time together that I'm breaking this up into two interviews. So it's time for you to go to work. Thanks for listening this week. Please like, share, visit me over at Apple Music, comments, 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 reviews, whatever you want to add to it, guests that you want to see, comments, I don't care what it is, just drop it in there and we'll keep banging out content and I'll keep making these things for you. Thanks again, my friends, for joining me on the Coffee Cast. Brenton on tour. Hi, I'm Emily Roger 
and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. 